Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Um, today we, well, we had to cut it a bit short since. Um, yeah, we couldn't get to the villages in the front lines as we wanted to, since apparently fights are going on there. But uh, me and Anthony, well, we, we had a funny story. Apparently yesterday when I was recording videos, I was photoed on the street at random by a person who listens to the show. And then sent the images, and that freaked me out a bit. But turns out, well, uh, he was a Scottish guy who listens to the show. And uh, he said that, you know, they're organizing a kind of a foreigner volunteer group, foreigner kind of squadron... And he couldn't make it today, but he sent his friend Craig. So we're going to have Craig here to talk about, about this whole war and this whole situation. Hi, Craig. How's it going, guys? So, uh, what brings you to Ukraine besides the war and everything? How did you decide to volunteer? How did you end up here? So, uh, one day, uh, me and my, my buddy Luke were getting prepped for a fight coming up. And uh, we seen on the news what was going on. And we kind of joked around about it. A uh, couple months go by, and we decided that we're going to drop the hammer, and we're going we're gonna to go and help out the best we can. Oh, so you're uh, an M- MMA or something? Uh, we were both MMA fighters, and we were both in the Marine Corps together. Oh, wow, that's, that's awesome. And uh, how many of you are, are here in, from the foreigners in general here in Mykolaiv? So uh, myself and Luke came out together, um, and we met up with Cal. So Cal is the one that, that links us up with the group that's out here right now. I'm not entirely sure on how many people are out here all together with the group. I want to say it's at least eight. So uh, are you infantry or, or tanks or artillery? What do you do here? What's your, what's your mission? So here's going to be reconnaissance. Um, what we did back in the States was Luke was armored reconnaissance. Um, and myself, I was an infantryman and I worked with the sniper platoon. Oh, wow. And uh, have you been uh, in this, did you just arrive here or, or have you been here for a while or something? So we've been in, in Ukraine for about three months. Cal's been here for about four or five months. Um, but we've been in Mikolai for about two weeks. And um, how are the locals treating you? Is everything fine? The locals here are good. Um, they're nice people, just like anywhere else in Ukraine. Um, there's quite a language barrier. So myself not knowing and not doing enough studying with, with the Ukrainian language uh, definitely prevents a lot of communication. 
Yeah, we want to talk to you about the language barrier since there's a lot of uh, foreigners fighting fighting in Ukraine right now. Like, how do you you have your own officers, I presume? But you and there's someone in your group, I I also presume that oh, that understands either Russian or Ukrainian, and then it kind of relays everything down. Yeah, so uh, we do have a translator, which which helps a lot, and then everybody is. Um, in the process of studying and memorizing a lot of like keywords that are going to be used that need to be uh, interlingual, um, whether it be in Ukrainian, Russian, or in English for those that don't speak fully fluent English. Yeah, I presume so. And how would you compare the United States Marine Corps, where you're when you were serving in the United States, to current Ukrainian armed forces? What 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 are the main like cultural differences? Like, I mean, military culture. You know, do they have different traditions and stuff like that? So when it comes to uh, the Marine Corps uh, in the United States, I've noticed that we harp a lot on looks and appearances. Well, I have to. I have to ask: Do Ukrainian soldiers also eat crayons? Uh, no, no, they, they they don't follow that stigma. Ukrainian Marines they leave the crayons to us. Um, but the the big thing is is kind of trying not to look like a bag of ass um, when it comes to the Marine Corps tradition. Uh, when it comes to the, the Ukrainian uh, traditions, it, they seem to be a lot more relaxed, and they're more there to fight, and not for their uh, appearances. Yeah, that's another thing. When we were trying to go to the front lines, we uh, understood that the, the soldiers themselves, they were totally okay with just taking us to the very front and everything. They were just talking to us. Meanwhile, our fixer guy who was taking us places, he was freaking out because that's totally illegal. Apparently, some journalists have been getting arrested, too. Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot more relaxed out here uh, when it comes to um, rules and regulations. Um, you, you can get away with a lot more, and I don't mean that in like a uh, like a a bad sense. But I mean, if I wanted to, I could all, I could I could jump on a bus and or jump in uh, some sort of transportation and, and head closer to the front if I wanted to without any repercussions. Wow. And do you have like a contract here or, or how does this even work? You, how, does, how does the process of getting here work? Because I, I know some Latvian people also have arrived and people from everywhere arrive. But, you know, we only we only hear about us from, I guess, people like me and Anthony here. But no one really knows how the process works. So how does one even get to Ukraine if, if they wanted to? Then? So to get to Ukraine, that's simple. You can just buy a plane ticket. You can get here. Anybody can do it as long as you have your passport. Um, there are like visa restrictions with uh, within ninety uh, within ninety days you can only be in country for uh, now it's within one hundred and eighty days you can only be in country for ninety days uh, within that one hundred and eighty day period so that means you'd have to leave for another ninety days and then you could come back for another ninety days now to avoid that you would have to either sign on with an NGO or contract into the military or the International Foreign Legion with that that gives your visa an extended stay um, up to thirty days extra. And once you've signed any and all contracts and you're part of the Legion or part of the Ukraine Armed Forces, you no longer have to follow that visa restriction. Yeah, and about this, are you, are you supplied by yourselves or do you have like government supplies? Uh, yeah, we're supplied completely by ourselves. Our group that, that we have, um, any and all gear that we have acquired has been self-bought. Um, or bought through payments through like GoFundMes. Um, we've done a lot of, or tried to do a lot of organization to bring funds in to make sure we're equipped, our guys are equipped, and then other people that are just in the, the Ukraine forces are equipped with better equipment than some of the stuff that we've been seeing out 
around here. If you're gonna do another GoFundMe, uh, please message message us. We're gonna spread the good word and try to help you out there. Now, what's the what's the what's the thing that you're missing from the United States from your home the most here? Man, that's hard. Uh, I would say MMA. Um, a lot of people are gonna sit there and say like friends, family. Uh, friends and family are gonna be there no matter what. Um, they're always gonna be there for me, so I know that they're not going anywhere. Um, but I miss the the just training. That was like my other family was my MMA gym, Agogi Combatives. They uh, I moved to Tennessee and from Massachusetts, I found that gym and they just welcomed me in and they made what I wanted to happen happen. And uh, I've been fighting with them for about two years. And right before I came out here, I won the title for 155. So that is that is my other family. Oh, nice. Uh, which part of Mass are you from? I am from Stowe, Massachusetts, uh, born and raised on Lake Boone. And uh, now I currently reside in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, well, I've, I've personally only been to Boston in Mass, so. 90% of people don't know what uh, where Stowe is. It's b- between Hudson and Maynard. Uh, people know where Worcester is, but nobody knows where Stowe is. Okay, Anthony, do you, do you have anything you want to ask? Yeah, so a lot of the time, um, talking to other foreigners, I have a few buddies that are, that are fighting here as well, and they've had the issue of having to basically jump between units before they could find one that like fit them, that would accept them, would uh, in many ways get them to combat was the other question. So have you had to go through that process yourself, and how difficult has it been? No, not yet. Uh, This is the first major unit that we've been working with. And from my understanding that we're not going to really have any issues with that. This, this unit, um, the battalion itself has been around for a long time. Um, The unit. Can you say say what it is or is that? No. Uh, It's a a reconnaissance battalion that's attached to um, a couple others. Uh, But with that being said, like the battalion itself has been around for a while, and now they're introducing a, a foreign concept of foreigners fighting. Um, but I don't see it being an issue or having to leave to jump around to another. It's it's in the it's it's in the Ukrainian army. It's not the international. So it's not region. international. Region. No. Okay. So that's where most of the people are running into issues. Yes, that they, was what I was going to say. Like most of the time, people come in, join the international legion run into some folks they don't always appreciate very much and then eventually find their way to an actual army unit. Exactly. So you're already there. So the International Legion is is such a foreign concept where people have, it's brand new. They threw it together in a couple of days. A lot of volunteers showed up. They flooded the place. And now it's kind of just placing people where they think they need to go, where people say that they want to go, where people think that they want to go. And then people get to the front and they leave. People get to a unit they don't like how they're operating. They leave. Um, they jump from units. Now with the army, the army's been established here for quite a while. So that's that's not one of it's not a new concept of uh, hey, we just established a military. You want to join? It's we've already had the military. Now we have a separate organization of international military. Still trying to figure out and work out all the kinks with that. Might take. Did you consider trying to do the Ukrainian Marines route? Because before the war, at least, it was a very popular destination for uh, foreign fighters that came from Ukraine. Uh, listeners may be familiar with Aidan Aslan. He was Naval Infantry Marine. Same idea. Yeah. So had, did you uh, consider going that route, or it was just see what would take you? We did, but uh, this was the first opportunity that popped up with mm-hmm. some of the contacts that we had, and we were advised to go here. 
and signed contract with them through the Ukrainian army. And that's just the first thing that we popped up. We jumped on it. We understood what the battalion was about, reconnaissance. Um, we all have a background that can fit the description of what they're looking for. So, uh... Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, other units, depending on what they were, we didn't want to get put into a, a battalion where our skills aren't going to be fully utilized. Uh, so if you... If, if you kind of look at what's happening today in, in the war, how would you kind of – have you seen any Russian capabilities? How are they doing? Uh, right now there's this mobil – mobilization is the talk of everything. We've been making episodes about how they're, well, basically failing through it without this. And there's a lot of um, information that today or tomorrow or very soon Russian mobilized personnel without any proper training will be arriving in this region. How do you think this will change anything here? Will it change anything? What could the impact be? So with the mobilization happening, um, I don't think it's going to make much of an effect uh, to, to help Russia in any way, shape or form. The way I looked at it was if I have 100,000 units, military personnel on the front line and they're doing poor, and I decide to force 300,000 or more people onto those frontline positions that don't want to be there, that aren't equipped to be there, that you know I had to force to be there and then threaten them, if you surrender, you're going to face 10 years in prison. Um, I see that being a huge benefit for the Ukraine forces. Why? Because you know, out of every... 10 people that want to be there, there's another 20 people that don't want to be there. And those 20 people that don't want to be there are going to get caught being way too relaxed, smoking when they shouldn't be smoking, wandering where they shouldn't be wandering, not having any idea what they're supposed to be doing because they're unequipped, they're uneducated, and they don't know what's going on. So all that's going to do is allow for us and the Ukrainians is to spot positions easier. It's going to allow us to end up taking more people as prisoners of, of war that don't want to be there, that are willing to surrender um, because we treat them more humanely than the Russians treat POWs. Um, but altogether, like, I think his idea is I'm going to have a bigger fighting force, but you have a bigger fighting force that's going to end up turning on itself. Next thing you know, more Russian officers are going to get shot in the back. Um, 
and you're gonna have a lot of people that just don't wanna be there, that they're gonna make massive mistakes, that are gonna expose massive weaknesses, and the Ukrainians are very smart, they're gonna take advantage of it. Yeah, on Twitter, we can see a lot of uh, people from the, even the United States who are pro-Putin, and in one recent case, I don't remember the name of the lady, but she stated, why are American, well, why are we sending American mercenaries here to fight, and why are we funding them? Uh, as you just said, you're basically self-funded. Do you get any help from the United States? And what would you say to such people who are now, you know, again, taking the Putin's side in all this conversation about, you know, why are the United States even bothering with this conflict? Or to, to hammer down that question more, are you secretly a NATO Blackwater operative who's here to get rid of the, the Russian mindset? No, so I am, I am not a contractor in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's funny because you can... You can, you can kind of classify anybody as a mercenary nowadays. Uh, I'm not part of the, the United States military. Uh, I'm now going to be part of the Ukrainian military. So I am a foreigner, and I am fighting, and I believe we'll be getting paid. So by definition, you're a mercenary, but you're enlisting into an armed forces, not, not, the, uh, not the International Legion into the actual Ukraine military. So therefore, you should fall under the Geneva Convention. Um, with Putin's idea that, no, you're, you're a foreigner, you're a mercenary, you're receiving payment. Um, as for that woman, um, yeah, she's not the brightest of the bunch. I don't know who she is, but she's not too bright. Um, why are Americans coming over to, to fight? Uh, because we believe it's the right thing to do. When you see atrocities happening, and you have the ability to do something about it, and you're just gonna sit there and complain, oh, that sucks, that's terrible, they shouldn't do that. Then we get up and we go and do something. So we're here helping. As she's sitting there going, I don't like what I see, I don't know why this is happening, but she's still sitting back on her couch being a lazy ass, not doing a damn thing about it. Fuck her. I just wanna add a legal note there. Uh, just to make sure that the listeners fully understand, according to Geneva Conventions and several other articles of international law, if someone is serving in the armed forces of a country that's party to a conflict, no matter what country they are from, they are not a mercenary. And they're just a member of that country's armed forces. America has uh, foreign fighters in its military as well. It's not They're, they're usually there for some kind of uh, immigration thing. But it's not just a foreigner in the military. They have to be part of some other separate unit. And the other thing is uh, a mercenary is paid significantly in excess to a soldier within that military. And in the case of um, the foreigners who are here that are fighting in the Ukrainian army or other branches, interior ministry, for example, they are paid the same rate or very, very little difference, if at all. So just as a legal note, none of them are mercenaries. Yes, that's, um, that's correct. Uh, you, you stated that you had like GoFundMe's to help you out. We're going to support you in every way that we can here. Um, I've, I, I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm, I'm, I'm among the Shiba Inu dogs on the net because we, we help you out, you know, because we also feel like we must. But what is the exact things that you guys need? Yesterday we spoke with some tank soldiers and they said the comms are the main issue for the tank, for the tank guys. What, what, what is the main thing? Is it the winter clothing that's currently getting a raise or something? 
So the biggest thing that we're going to end up needing, uh, yes, is the upcoming winter. I see the winter being a huge benefit for the Ukraine forces and a huge downfall for the uh, Russian forces. And everybody's saying, yeah, but they're used to it. Uh, they can they can get through it. They're fine. But um, they're all very unequipped. And if we can just stay equipped to be able to get through it, I, I see a lot of people not making it through the winter on their side. Um, so winter clothing, um, and we're trying to raise funds for generators, generators and keeping warm, keeping electricity. That's uh, going to be a huge factor that plays throughout the winter. Yeah, I've been I've been looking at uh, the Russian side of logistics since I'm fluent in Russian, and I read their pro-war sites in Wagner Group, and they well they often go into this uh, double think about about both their supplies and everything. The traditional story that they try to play out is that uh, all NATO soldiers are weak and cowardly, and at the same time there's evil, angry NATO mercenaries on the front lines. They try to put, put this double thing on. Uh, recently, even on Igor Gerkin's show, the very ret- a very retired Soviet colonel came up, and I quote, called NATO, NATO soldiers uh, <clears throat> battle pederasts. Yeah. That's that was a, that was a thing. Do you do you guys hear even hear about what the Russian side says about you and, and how they treat you and why would you respond to these uh, pro-Russian guys who are just you know trying to make some sense into kind of NATO soldiers being here? So I mean anybody that's that's on the pro-Russian side, I, you know that I really don't pay any mind to. I am here on my own accord. I I've read and listened to all the issues uh, you know, that people have with us being here and all the benefits that people have with us being here. And in the end, I personally don't give a shit. I'm here because I want to be here. I'm here doing the best that I can. And that goes for everybody that's in our group. Our group came here because they wanted to do something that was bigger than themselves and help people that needed it. And they have the ability to. So why would you sit back and just watch something happen when you could actually be here and do something? Okay, uh, thank you, Greg. And, uh, well, if you have any uh, comments or something you want to say to people back at home and to other people, because a lot of military veterans listen to my show. So, hey, what do you want to say to, to those guys? Yeah, one thing I want to bring up is I, I've, I've heard a lot of people, especially online, a bunch of couch potatoes sitting there bitching about um, we have all these issues in America, and uh, but they keep sending you know $3 billion, $30 billion, this much money, that much money. Um, the, the reason I bring that up is because I think the common, the common issue is, is you and myself get bullied for our money and then we get mad, not that we got our money taken, but where the bully is spending it. Um, that's the thing. If somebody comes up to me and whoops my ass, takes 30 bucks, I'm not going to get mad at where he spent it. I'm going to get mad at the fact that he whooped my ass and took my 30 bucks. So the government's sitting there taking all your money. And they're not putting it where you want it to go. I think the moral of the story is, why are you letting them take all this money? We all need to revise uh, how, how, how things really work. And you guys need to figure out your own issues instead of relying on the government to do it for you. And that's really it. Okay. Uh, thank you, Greg. It was, it was really nice having you on the show. And um, to all of you listening, and remember, happiness is mandatory. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.